Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our study of Ephesians continues with the duties of Christian parents to their children. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 states, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Please listen carefully as Pastor Harris explains these duties in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Spirit-Led Parents. And that brings us to Ephesians chapter 6, where this morning it's one verse about Spirit-Led Parents. As we ponder this morning what it means to be a parent, let's say up front, it's a complicated task. It is also a supremely high calling. If you are a parent, nobody else really wants your job, but everybody thinks they can do it better than you can. Just ask them. Uh, You don't know the limits of your endurance until you have children. And from infancy on, your children will discover those limits and make sure that you get pushed beyond them. You probably can never appreciate your own parents' hard work and sacrifice until you have children of your own. That's the real reason why parents are so happy when you have children. They don't snicker in your face, but they're saying, aha, now you're going to understand what we went through. Here is a succinct description of what parenthood is all about according to the Word of God. It's familiar to most uh, Christians. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5 Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. You ever tried to shoot an arrow? I've seen people do it with the compound bows and take down big animals and and all of that. That's really impressive. I tried it when I was a young teenager at a at a YMCA camp and during a game we'd had I'd, I'd scraped up my arm and then the next day was my day for archery and I held that thing out there and I let my hand go the wrong way and removed the scab from my arm with the bow. And after a couple of days I, I hit the target a few times. That's a great metaphor for parenthood. It's something really difficult to do, and yet what a lofty thing to launch children into the next generation toward the bullseye of God's glory. Now, we're continuing in the context of Ephesians. This is the fourth of six paragraphs, all devoted to different earthly relationships and our roles within those relationships. There's a keynote for all six of these paragraphs. And I keep pointing out to you every week because it's so important that you not isolate these things from their context. All of this presumes 
that you have read, understood, and believed 1 Corinthians 1, I'm sorry, first, well, yeah, go ahead and believe 1 Corinthians 1 to 3. That's a good thing to do. But specifically, Ephesians 1 through 3. The theme of this book is in Christ. It's assuming you are in Christ. I understand that I'm a sinner. I understand that I can't save myself. I understand that you sent your son to die to, to take your wrath for my sins. And then when I put my faith in him, you give me his righteousness applied to my account. It's assuming that relationship. Then you work your way through chapter 4 and you get to chapter 5 and especially verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. And then there's a comma and a whole bunch of characteristics that represent the people who are Spirit-controlled or Spirit-led or Spirit-filled. And the last of those is the one that you could put like a colon after it and say, here's what I'm going to explain now in detail. It's verse 21 of chapter 5. Being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. As you are filled with the Spirit, you will arrange yourself under other people. Whatever your role is, your goal is to lift up other people around you. Then he begins applying that principle to different relationships. First to wives, then to husbands. How those two different roles complement each other and come together into a, a, a new thing better than either of the individuals could be on their own. Then he talks about children and parents in what it is supposed to be like in a spirit-led home. And then the next two is going to be slaves and masters, which in our culture uh, equates to roughly employees and employers. And we'll see those in the next couple of Sundays. But the next on the agenda is how parents are to arrange themselves under the authority of God to serve their children for the glory of God. One verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's a balance throughout this whole section here. Wives' duties are balanced by husband's duties and responsibilities. Children's duties are balanced with those of parents. Slaves are balanced by their masters. There is a combination, there is an interactive intertwining of different roles in these relationships. Now, fathers is the word chosen by Paul and the Holy Spirit with the obvious thought in mind that in the ultimate position of responsibility in the home, that rests with the father. But in the Hebrew culture, it was understood that such instruction to parents was applied to both fathers and mothers. And as a matter of fact, the exact Greek word used as, that's translated fathers here, which is a, a legitimate, appropriate translation of it, it's also used in another way. For example, Hebrews 11.23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, plural, exactly the same word as fathers here. So it's obvious, um, though it says fathers, it is addressed to fathers who are in the relationship of a husband to a wife who is in a relationship with the Lord that they all want what the Lord wants in their relationship. 
The father is ultimately responsible, the mother adapting to that unique father. Remember, ladies, adapt yourself to your own idiomatic husband, the one who is unique that God has given to you. Now, it's also obvious our one verse is neatly packaged into two parts. And so, dangle that in front of a preacher, he'll make it into an outline. Spirit-led parents, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, there's a negative instruction and then a positive instruction. We'll start with the negative, work our way up to the, father, to, to the positive. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. That's the negative part. Provoke to anger is a, a translation of one Greek word. It needs several English words to get the meaning across. It means to, to rouse toward wrath, to provoke, to exasperate, or to anger. Um, the, the noun form of this verb occurs just once in the New Testament, and we saw it recently. It's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And the sense, there, the sense of it there is an angry mood. Never let a day end with you stuck in an angry mood. God has provided that that not be the case. Now, the root of this word has to do with an attitude of settled anger. There's another word, a couple of different words, for an explosion of anger or the pouring out of wrath. This is talking about the underlying attitude. And the meaning we should apply here is that we must not treat our children in such a way that they develop an angry or resentful attitude. Trust me, they came wired from the factory to be like that. We have to counteract that. We have to train them otherwise. The parallel to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 is in Colossians chapter 3 verse 21. And that time Paul and the Holy Spirit chose a, a little bit different word there. It says, uh, parents do not or fathers do not exasperate your children. Exasperate means to stir up or to, or to agitate. So you put those two verses written um, in a short span of time by the same guy from the same jail cell uh, to similar people in similar churches. And you understand that um, the, 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 the meaning is really beyond doubt. The meaning is don't treat your children in such a way that will embitter them against you or push them into rebellion. Uh, drive them away from you. Make them afraid to talk to you. Now, with, what, with that word from God as the backdrop, we need to think about how to apply that. Uh, this, the wonderful thing about the Bible is that it is so um, transcultural. Uh, the, the truth is always true. Our culture is very different from the culture in Ephesus or the culture in Colossae in the first century, but parenthood is parenthood, and children are children, and God's standard is always the same. So I put together a little list for you of parental errors that tend to embitter children. If you're not supposed to provoke your children to, to, to wrath, 
Well, what are some things to stay away from? Remember, this is the negative part of the command. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.